0: Welcome to Everything EFL. My name's Erin O'Byrne and I firmly believe that you as a teacher are special, amazing, creative and passionate. But it's very easy to get burnt out and overwhelmed. With my podcast and my teacher training, I aim to help you avoid burnout and cut down on your prep time so you can unleash your creativity and enjoy your work more mindfully. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, you gorgeous teacher. Welcome to Everything EFL. If you're one of my gorgeous, lovely, regular listeners, welcome back. If you're brand new to Everything EFL podcast, you are most welcome, and I hope you stick around. Having said that, though, we are halfway through our Cornerstones of Learning series, so it might benefit you to go all the way back to episode 104, everything's a process, and take the weekly challenges. Now I think everybody's back at school, so this would be an ideal time to start again. Also, if you've already listened, it might be worth going back and listening again. At the end of each episode, I ask you to do one little thing, just one small challenge, make one small change, because I firmly believe that it's, you know, without the kind of the challenges that we have as teachers, our overwhelm, you know, the amount of time and headspace we have, it's all about small steps, small steps to better teaching. I have to tell you guys I haven't done this before on the podcast but I got a really nice compliment from a listener last week and she basically said that the Cornerstone series feels really fresh to her um, and she didn't really have the headspace to really listen to sort of CPD podcasts or anything like that due to various issues but she just feels like this is a really good series. It has heart and it's got her back into a better frame of mind. And it's reminded her that there's a reason behind what we do. It's not just confined to delivering the content, as I call it. It's about giving your students a space to grow, making them better people, growing their mindset and building their confidence. And with that said, we are talking about communication today, which is perfect. I mean, it's a massive topic. Let's not lie. I'm just going to try and narrow it down to one small section, things that... You know, concern me in the classroom that I sort of have come up against it quite a lot, and hopefully yourselves too. So it won't be your first time hearing this kind of thing. I do feel that we're somewhat aligned if you've been listening regularly, especially. So I'm pretty sure that this episode will resonate with you somehow. Um, I hope it's not too messy and disorganized. Uh, but teaching is a little bit messy, you know, there are so many blurred lines and variations and stuff that comes up that we have to deal with. Um, So by the end of this episode, I hope that you have some kind of idea of how to encourage communication between your students. There's a lot of stuff that I'm not going to mention, so please don't um, message me and say, oh, you didn't talk about this. I'm well aware, okay? I cannot talk about communication in in 15 minutes. It's just not possible. Um, notice I said communication between your students. Um, we often think about communication between students and yourself, and if you think about that kind of typical classroom language, it does revolve around you and the student. You know, can I go to the toilet? Um, the only thing that often comes up with you know student student communication is something like can I borrow a blank? But um, what, what, what am I talking about? What do I mean communication between students? Isn't that the whole point of your lesson to encourage communication and get them talking? Absolutely. But I think a lot of language that is produced is somewhat prescribed. You know they produce a few present perfect sentences or something like that. What I'm talking about is filling those kind of silent gaps. And encouraging our students to chat in a natural way and to sort of cooperate with each other. And the aim isn't to get them speaking perfectly. Never going to happen, guys. Sorry to be the one to break it to you. But we can get them to speak to each other without fear, without the fear of making mistakes. We can encourage an atmosphere of cooperation and informality. And we can get our students just breathing and enjoy using the language without you on top of them waiting to pounce with an error correction. Oh, <gasps> imagine. Okay, enough dreaming. Let's get on with it. All right. So depending on the class, we do have to control the amount of student talk time there is because we want them focused and paying attention. Fine. But for some teachers, there are times when students should or could be talking. The start of a lesson is a great time. If you can get your students talking immediately, it gets those energy levels up. It sets the tone. There can be an exchange of information or, you know, there's also that time in between activities as One is finishing and, you know, some students aren't quite ready to finish. Some are and you basically have a bunch of students staring at you, messing, putting their heads on their desk or reaching for those bloody phones. If I think of the amount of times students have finished a task and then think it's acceptable to check their phone under the table, it never fails to astound me. You know what I'm talking about. So even though there are times when students should be silent and listening, You know, I think students should know that it is okay to talk at certain times with each other. Um, And as long as they're speaking English, who cares? Isn't that the point? Natural communication with a purpose. So what do the dynamics look like in your class? Every class is different. But I'm going to describe three scenarios and my question is, do they sound familiar? So the first one, I'm going to use the example of my advanced class. So uh, in this class, we've got people coming and going a lot, especially over the summer, wide range of ages and nationalities. And a lot of them are still in school. They're aged sort of 16 to 18. And they're, they're mixing with adults. And you know, they are beautifully behaved. They They dutifully complete every task. But then after that, they just kind of turn and sit there silently looking at me and it's quite unnerving, to be honest, not really used to it. So my question is, you know, how can I get them to use their time better and maybe talk more? Second scenario, maybe thinking about lower groups. You know, they finish a task and they sit on their phones. There's no sort of culture of cooperation developed. There's no easy conversation. I don't like that. And my question is, how can I get my students to talk to each other or even just check their work to encourage a culture of cooperation without always looking at me and, you know, pleading with what do I do next, teacher? Is there a step I can introduce so that students automatically communicate with each other when they're finished? And my third scenario is, and this is the most difficult one, it's the students who who are not really engaged and do the bare minimum. How can I motivate them to talk? And that's what we need here. You know, think about those students who are too cool for school or genuinely uninterested. Is there something we can do to encourage them to have just a little chat? So I'm going to give you some suggestions. But as always, you know your students best and you know what kinds of questions and topics and things they respond to best. Um, And if you don't know that, maybe it's time to find out. Okay, so let's go back to that first group. They do the task and that's it. What I suggest is have a bank of questions ready. And I'm just going to throw a few out there. Now, bearing in mind, my groups are international. So again, steal and adapt what works for your group. So what do you miss the most from home? Or if they know each other, you know, find out, you know, where you you hang out. Do you have any mutual friends? If I gave you $50,000 and a plane ticket, where would you go? Find at least one thing in common that isn't we like or we don't like. Find something else in common. Again, if they know each other, is there that one degree of separation? Where do they go shopping? Do they buy the same stuff? Do they have the same style? Can they compare their clothes? What about the weekend? Do they go to the same places without realizing? If they are in their native country, do they have siblings in the school who know each other or even outside the school who know each other? Pets is always a great topic. Do you have a pet? If you do allow your students to use phones, do they have a picture? What are you wearing? How many pairs of trainers do you have? Older students, what's the best or the worst thing about your job? What would you eat right now? If you could speak to anybody in the world right now, who would you speak to? What about reflection questions about the task or topic? You know, how do you feel after this exercise? What are you still having issues with? Have a chat. Are there any questions you'd like to ask me about this? Can you show each other a photo of something or somebody meaningful and ask each other questions? You know, the possibilities are endless. And like I say, you know your students. So just brainstorm a list of questions. You can either keep them on cards. You can have just a little mental note of them. Or you could maybe just get inspired in the moment, which is what I generally try and do. I kind of look at them and think age, nationality, um, have they worked together a lot? You know, and then I throw a question at them and they're always really happy to discuss it. For lower levels, obviously, this is going to be a little bit more complicated. So you could scaffold the questions and put them on cards. Every time the students learn something new in class, make a few questions and put it on a question card. You can also check out episode 101. There's loads of ideas for beginners there as well. But um, I did make this suggestion. So, I mean, we covered like, you know, basic things like family, pets, jobs. So, you know, what do you do? what are you wearing today? Um, Do you have any brothers and sisters? What does your brother do? What does your sister do? What time is it? What's the date? When's your birthday? So if there's one kind of point, let's say dates, can you think of two or three questions? Like, when's your birthday? What's the date today? What's the date tomorrow? What was the date yesterday? Um, Just again, use your imagination. Or if there's any little grammar point that comes up, like, Um, I think I mentioned this in episode 101. You know, when I was getting my students to introduce themselves, my beginner students, they all said something like, I like read, I like cook. And now obviously, I like plus ing doesn't usually rear its ugly head until elementary, but I created a couple of question cards, which is correct. A, I like read. B, I like to reading. C, I like reading. So you could do those kind of multiple choice grammar questions as well. You could throw those in there. Don't underestimate the repetition of this, especially if you feel you don't have a lot of time for review. Make the most of every opportunity to expose your students to the things they've already, in quotation marks, learnt. Because remember, learning is a process. It has to go from short-term to long-term memory and that kind of repetition can really help them get there. Okay, let's think about our second situation, no culture of cooperation. So they kind of reach for their phones um, when it's silence. So they reach for their phones or they don't check their work with each other. So again, the questions could be good, Uh, maybe more meaningful personal questions just to give them a chance to share something with a partner, Um, encouraging that kind of, you know, trust building. Not everyone will want to speak. I will say that. And maybe having some silence and reflection time could be beneficial too. Again, choice is really important. Give them the choice. Do you want to sit and go to your happy place and breathe? Do you want to think about what you've just done silently or do you want to discuss it with your neighbour? So let's talk about something small that can encourage that sort of communication and cooperation. So this is, you know, a very common stage that a lot of teachers do, if they have time, of course, after doing an exercise, a reading or a listening or any task that requires working alone and then a feedback stage. Again, you will get some students finishing before others. So do you ask your students to check their work together? Do they know they can ask each other for help or check with each other? Do they have the phrases to do this and the comfort level to do so? So, again, going back to my beginners, another example. I taught them two phrases. Have you finished? Shall we check together? No grammar explanation needed. They understood within the context what that meant. And I encouraged them to use it every time they finished an exercise. And in the end, some of them were using it without looking at the board, just naturally. Again, process takes time and repetition. But stick with it. Be consistent. That's the main thing here. Be consistent and they will start using these phrases and they will automatically not look at you or sit and reach for their phone when they're finished. They'll turn to their partner and they'll check their work together. Also, think about the phrase, are you stuck? Do you need a hand? What two amazing phrases and useful in so many different situations in real life. So training your students to automatically check together means that also buys time for the slower students, right? And keeps the others engaged. It keeps the faster ones on their toes because you know yourself, even though they finish first, they're not always correct. So if there's a difference of opinion on an answer, they have to go back and look again. It's a little thing, but it might make a difference. And I do believe, again, small steps, these little things are easier to implement if they're small. They're not overwhelming for you or for your students. But like I said, the key is consistency and routine. Okay, moving on to our final scenario. I, uh what is it? Oh the ones who are completely unmotivated or do the absolute bare minimum. Look, I'm not going to lie and say I have the answer for you here, but I will say it is a process and it's up to you to find out who they are, what kind of, you know, what do they like? What are they into? What do they not like? Find out as much as you can so you can start building that trust with them and give them some really really interesting personalized questions that will really light them up like You know, fantasy football team? What would your fantasy football team be? Or who would your dream date be? Or just figure out who they are and ask the right question and just see, just see what their reaction is. Because I often find they're not expecting a question. And then when it's something they really enjoy, like let's say fantasy football, they'll be like, hmm, okay, something interesting. Question for you guys Is time an issue? I know that a lot of you only have 50 or 45 minutes once or twice a week, all right? So, if your answer is yes, here's another question. Can you give three to five minutes of every lesson, possibly at the beginning, so your students can just breathe and enjoy using the language without fear of being corrected? Meaningful communication. No prescribed sentences, just talking about something together. Again, lower levels, you might have to use your question cards, board games, um, little discussion questions with chunks to support them, but can you just give them something engaging to do that involves just speaking? And there's one thing that I do very regularly with a lot of levels, and it's asking them about what they did yesterday. Um, From B1 and, and up, what are you doing after school or at the weekend? And the reason I use these two topics or questions is because they can reply with chunks. So what I usually do is I prepare a sheet with chunks. For example, what did you do yesterday? And I think about how, what I know about my students, where they go, what they usually do, what they've told me before. And I list loads of phrases as possible answers. I went to the pub, or I went for a drink with, I, I grubbed a coffee with a friend at lunchtime. Um, Try to give them as many natural phrases. I, I hung out with my friends in the park. Um, Try to give them as many natural phrases as possible, because especially if there's like a little preposition or an article, they generally tend to get those expressions just a little bit wrong, right? Um, if they're in front of them, they can choose the chunk they want. And if it's not on the list, you tell, you know, they tell you what they did, you tell them whether it's correct or not. But well, you don't, you don't say that. You write it on the board in a more natural way. So one example, um, this was an advanced class. Uh, last week, one of them said something like, I... What is it? I went to drink something with a friend. So I wrote on the board, I had a few drinks with a friend because even though it's very similar, my version is far more natural and this is the kind of language they should be using. So they wrote it down, they were very happy. Everybody can add that to their list of chunks. Now, yes, I do this with A1 and no, we haven't done the past simple yet. We haven't got to it, but as long as they understand they're talking about yesterday and the chunks are in front of them, that's all they need to know and then when you do come to the past simple in the course book it's not a big surprise they they know quite a few of the common verbs already win win Just because it's not in the course book, who gives a shit? It's not about running before walking, okay? It's just giving them some support. It's a sheet with chunks students can read from, possibly memorise. How powerful is that? And that scaffolding is there. You're not asking them to produce much independently or anything that's beyond them. It's there on the sheet. And if they want to give you something else, you work it out together on the board and they add it. Something for really low levels, you could have a sheet with "How are you feeling today?" with a bunch of emojis and some chunks like "I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm not feeling great today," um, that kind of thing. Have you ever seen uh, I use these loads when I did used to do jam board lessons um, in lockdown you can get like these kinds of tables um, online and it's like on a scale of sheep or on a scale of Harry Potter how do you feel and there's like 10 or 12 pictures slightly different pictures and they have to choose one and say how they feel they that could be a really good idea and again what are you doing at the weekend I would say be one and above a little bit complex with the arrangements the intentions but I always start with the chunks that express phrases for I'm not 100% sure so things like I was thinking about I might. I haven't decided yet. And, and the beauty part of that is there's so much different grammar there and it's real world and it's learnt as a chunk, but you don't have to go into the grammar. And again, this repetition, it builds confidence. That repetition of chunks means they learn more faster. Your brain processes chunks better than individual words. And it just gives them so much opportunity to speak and share information. And this all builds confidence. It builds trust in each other, cooperation. There's less fear of judgment. They're going to feel more comfortable with everyone in class, no matter who they're working with. So remember, my gorgeous teacher, there are no one-size-fits-all solutions to teaching. It's just too messy and there are too many variables. It's complex. And like I said earlier, it can be overwhelming to try new things out. But with that in mind... I'm going to give you this week's challenge. It's very easy. Brainstorm a list of questions for a class or maybe several classes or maybe one list that all classes or most classes can use. Think of the examples I gave. Feel free to steal, but write a few of your own. Think about every single student in that class. What kind of questions do you think they will respond to? What can your students share? What reflection questions can you ask as well? And then... Part two, I want you to think of those particularly unmotivated students, the the ones that really are not that interested. What really lights them up? Write some questions for those specific students as well. And let me know how you got on. Good luck. So that's it, guys. Like I said, just a tiny, tiny aspect of communication, but I think super practical. But that's what I hope anyway, because you know, I'm all about giving practical, real world advice that you can implement immediately in your teaching. And it just makes me so happy when I get messages to say that you love my podcast, done A, B and C, and you're just getting a lot out of it. It just makes me so happy. So I'm going to ask you for a favour in return of this amazing free content. If you are not already subscribed to Everything EFL podcast, why on earth not? Link's in the show notes. Subscribe to my Breathe Easy Teacher newsletter. The link is in the show notes. It's fairly short and sweet. I try not to ramble too much, but what I do try and do is give you at least one good piece of advice every week and a challenge. The challenge will be the same as the podcast episode, but in the alternate week when I'm not releasing a podcast, there will be another challenge. But it's always something kind of small, attainable, um, just to try something new that week. Follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn if you're not already. Everything's in the show notes. DM me or email me if you have any comments or questions or you just need an ear. I'm always here. Having said that, I am on holiday this week. I'm in sunny Mallorca staying with one of my lovely friends. But check out my stories. And also, talking about my stories, if you don't look at my stories regularly, I do post stuff I do in class on a regular basis, like stuff I put on the board or um, stuff my students are doing or little ideas that I have on the spot. So definitely check out my stories as well. So as always, have a safe and peaceful week and look after yourself and share the love. Bye.